Welcome into this edition of Washington Football Crunch. I am Micah Chen, and I'm joined by Luke Monger and Jackson Garner. So former Hawaii head coach Nick Rolovich has been brought in as the new head coach at WSU, and everyone is super optimistic. You know, he runs a similar offense uh, to Mike Leach's air raid. He's a leader. He's a good recruiter. He can do more with less. And perhaps most importantly, he's even wacky at times, which... I mean, same thing as Mike Leach, but apparently Nick's less of a dick sometimes. Of <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little more wacky. tamed, maybe might be a better word. But no, yeah. knows the time and place. You know? I don't know. I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about Nick Rolovich. Um, but it is exciting, like the prospect of kind of a more. Uh, I I don't know. Would you call a a heavier version of the air raid that runs more a more progressive version of the air raid, or is that that would be progressive, right? Progressive because the traditional <laughs> traditional air raid would be, you know, just passing. So I guess it's like a more progressive air raid, mm-hmm. um, which immediately you think like, okay, Max Borey touching the ball more, like that. That's, that's awesome. going to help yeah. it see that team out. Like you know, whatever happens, Max Borey touching the ball is going to help that team. So that like you like to the the prospect of that. Um, and you're right. You know, he seems like a fun guy. That you saw that they they've already started to brand like his bucket hat kind of look. Um, the WCU <laughs> football Twitter kind of t- uh, had its own little logo, and that's their new uh, uh, picture uh, profile picture now. So might be I mean, a little artificial, but it's a good start. I think so. it's cool. I I personally because like I had to go. I was like what exactly is the run and shoot offense? I, I wasn't a totally familiar. And then it's like, Oh, you know, like where they, they, a lot of like motioning with your like slot receivers and stuff like that. Um, and, and he does it out of the pistol. So that's kind of his, you mm-hmm. know, little shtick on it. But I, I you know, I, I think it's exciting. You know, you get a, a relatively young guy, um, going to get a new clean slate, brand new staff, um, which, you know, isn't necessarily what WCU needed, but, you know, once Mike Mike Leach left, you you figured that was going to happen. So I I think it's exciting, and we've talked about this a couple of weeks. Like selling hope right now, all you can do right now is sell hope because it may not look that much, it may not look all too great in, in September, but right now you can sell the hope, and that's what they're doing right now. So I I you know, it's kind of it's we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know if anyone saw the WSU football Instagram post of him landing with like mm-hmm. somewhat of a sun hat, but he had the boots on in the yeah. snow. That was a great introduction. I feel like to, uh, to Washington state football for Nick Rolovich. Uh, I think, I don't know. It's going to yeah. be an exciting, an exciting new era for sure. Um, I think, I don't know, sort of a win-win I would say in terms of a hire, obviously Nick Rolovich moving to the PAC 12, from the Mountain West, sure. which obviously yeah. is a step up for him. Beating and then, a couple Pac-12 teams this year. Yeah, and, and then obviously, yeah, that's very true. They beat Oregon State and Arizona. And then on top of that, uh, the Cougs bring in a coach that obviously there there is going to be some, like, I don't know, transition is always met with a lot of uncertainty. But it's not like they're going to be going to the triple option uh, or even worse for Washington State, something that's probably in between, like a very balanced playbook. You know what I mean? They're yeah. still staying in a very pass-heavy offense, but like you said, they will get their best player more touches, which is exciting, obviously. Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm curious to know if there will be a tight end involved. 
I, to be honest with you, did not watch a lot of Hawaii football. I, 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 I don't know. From what I Googled, traditionally, the run and shoot does not use tight ends. It uses more like four receiver sets. But I would love to see a tight end. I don't know. That's and just those receivers can definitely uh, be a little bit more interactive inside the offense. They can um, you know, change their routes as necessary based on a defensive coverages. And also the quarterback has a little more flexibility to be mobile. Um, and a good quarterback for that kind of style uh, would be uh, Jaden Delora, you know, because um, I feel like there's already an emotional connection there. That's kind of what you uh, want. Between, I mean, yeah, um, I don't know. Nick like, and Jaden. feels natural. That kind of anchor the new era. I don't know what kind of runner uh, Jaden Delora is. Like, You kind of categorize it, him, though, as he, he can be a little mobile. He's a little I, undersized. I, I, and, you want to say who you think he is, but <laughs> I just I stand firm on the belief that you will have no clue who a kid is and what what he is capable of until he steps foot on campus and starts playing, because it's always it's always just up in the air and you never really quite know. Um, even with some of you know the most highly touted recruits, you just sometimes never know. But I I think to to the overall point, like there is a lot of excitement. When you think of just like what WSU has, like think of a, a guy like Travell Harris in motion a lot, taking fly sweeps, stuff like that. Uh, you know, Tay Martin, Jameer, uh, Jameer Calvin, Jameer. You can, uh, I, speed, I, you know? I just think there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to be, you know, a lot of weapons to be creative with in, in terms of what Mike Leach has left. So f- somehow, how you factor in the new guys and use the old guys that's exciting and then also i mean what we haven't even brought up yet is who's the defensive coordinator because that's Mm going to play a huge piece that's going to be a huge factor as well getting the right defensive coordinator because as we've seen from wsu like having a you know super explosive offense offense is awesome but you still need the defense you still need to create turnovers and if yeah, you can find that, someone to do that, you know, then then WCU's so, in a really great place. Sorry, this is kind of off topic, but just something I, I thought of. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in college football now there's a rule that if you declare for the draft, so long as you don't sign an agent, you theoretically can scoot back, right? I Am think I totally it's – it, no, I think it's signing of an agent is – what? Is the official right? The but you official, could, for what yeah. it's worth, declare for the draft. But so like long as you verbally don't. declared, the, I I mean, I suppose you could, and and could, not actually go. Yeah. Okay. So my question is because I wanted to look up Cole McDonald is a redshirt senior uh, or going oh. into his redshirt senior year. Yeah. He is declared for the draft, but I don't know how uh, his negotiations have gone in terms of signing an agent or anything like that. See, I feel like in the NFL, if you've declared for the draft, it's just understood that you've signed an agent. I, I could be wrong, but I See, was always I, under the I, I'm trying that. to look, but I, I'm almost positive Miles Bryant threw his name in the hat last year for like a week. And and pulled it out. Yeah. So I want to make sure that's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know. It obviously happens in college basketball all the time. Are but. you su- Are you suggesting... Well, because he was a redshirt senior, was your okay, so he's he's a red he was a redshirt junior last year. Oh, he's, so you're he, trying to he would be that going into a grad transfer at WSU. Yes. Wow, that would be quite that would be a match made in heaven. I don't know how. Do you think that he wants to start with like a? I don't know. Does like that's something else. Like does Nick or does Rolovich? Does he uh, prioritize having like 
a four-year quarterback, like the development of a quarterback and giving him those snaps at an early age? Or is he in a position where he just wants to say, however I can get the best team on the field this year, great. Like whoever that has to be, however I have to get that, that's what we're going to do. And we got to rotate guys early. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I, I, I think that was one of the things that like Leach, Leach took a lot of heat for, but when you really step back and look at like what you have to do to succeed at WCU, you really aren't afforded the luxury of saying, we're going to allow a quarterback to to develop and, and, you know, hopefully everything else can kind of hold him up and, and, you know, kind of coddle him. Like you, every year you have to kind of just say, all right, who are the best 22 guys? And like, they have to play because, you know, who knows when our, ch- our chance is going to be. Cause you know, if you think like when the traditional teams, like uh, the U-dubs, the Oregon's, the USC's, when they're, having their on years like that's not when wsu can can compete for a, a pac-12 title like th- they're gonna have a tough time competing with the organs when they're on and they're having their great years like oregon had this year or something like that you know so i don't know i mean i'm kind of rambling right now but i i, I just think that you know it's all about succeeding at wsu is all about timing and you have to get the right pieces at the right time and, and some of that Timing is like other teams' misfortune is kind of where I was going with that. Yeah, and bringing in, um, like kind of focusing on the defense because the, the biggest message from this past season was you can have a historic offense. doesn't mean anything if your defense is one of the worst in the country. So quarterback's important. Getting Max Borgie more carries is obviously going to be one of the fallouts of this. And uh, Max Borgie, uh, he had some comments basically uh, for uh, from Mike Leach. Uh, put him on blast a little bit, and oh, when he kind of quote tweeted um, yeah. the kettlebell or whatever it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> and said that like now I get more carries. So basically, bringing a new head coach like it's gonna be a great moment when uh, he introduces himself to, th- to team leaders because it can kind of be a fresh start. Which happened you know, it's, today at I think it happened because he arrived like, today a couple, um, a couple hours ago, I believe, is when it happened. He yeah. got a chance to talk to some of the players address the team yeah oh gotcha okay from what i heard yeah it's a little bit uh reinvigorating uh just after the sour taste from this last season um like how how their head coach is talking about them uh it's it's good it's good for max borgian it's good for a lot of these players that they have a a chance for a new relationship basically with their head coach that's what i'm saying selling hope right now like (laughs) that no one you don't have to win any games right now and like that's what right now is like a time to get excited about the future and and, like you know obviously you see everyone getting excited and that's pretty natural like you wouldn't expect someone to be like oh man you know that was a terrible sign but or that was a terrible hire like I'm not excited about this coach but like I guess if there was no reaction that could have alluded to the fact that you know players were indifferent but so i guess you know maybe there is something to be said about the excitement that you see on twitter and stuff um but i don't know i i kind of i kind of expected that like what what else are you gonna do if i if i were on a team that was just getting a brand new head coach i would kind of be positive about it about him at least you know yeah yeah first um, impression you know make it a good first impression so when mike leach left pullman uh, was it, did you find it a little bit heartbreaking just how quickly and like kind of how much he embraced Mississippi State 
And I mean, uh, I think he really... said it like <laughs> it was too good to pass up. Like the money he, was better. The... It was the money wasn't even better. I mean, I, I he think was he's getting a little bit more per year now. I know he's. he's I well, I think his incentives are are better. I mean, I'm assuming they're better. But like when you really think about it, like <clears throat> you're uh, five million in a state with income tax versus four million without, like. It, it relatively, I mean, you're not making drastically that much more money um, when it all, you know, you know, checks out. And so I, I don't think he was making think it was tons just, more money. I don't think it was that. I just really think it was like the opportunity to mm-hmm. succeed at the highest level. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you think it was just like SEC football access to more talent? Yeah, I, I totally think it was. Yeah, I think he wants to see what his offense and what his schemes are capable of with, you know, better players. But the double, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword going to SEC in that sense because, yes, you are getting more talent, but the teams you are playing are also much more talented. So you do have to get past an Alabama or an LSU every year to, you know, win a conference title. It's certainly going to be tough. It's probably going to be much tougher of a job for him to win uh, a conference title at Mississippi State than it would be for him at to do it. How old at is w- Mike Leach? WCU. What's up? How old? Do you is know Mike how Leach? old is he? he oh, he's fifty-eight. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So I just Which looked is this up. Surprising, right? You would think he yeah, was in his sixties, but yeah. yeah, I was going to go the other way. I was saying, oh, he looks like about fifty-three. So what's interesting? Really? Wow. Because yeah. you just mentioned up, or you just mentioned the fact that you have to get through Alabama and Auburn and LSU Mm -hmm. and Florida to win uh, an SEC championship. Do you think, I mean, obviously he hadn't gotten one at Washington state, but the point is he also hadn't gotten one at Texas tech either. Do you think at any point that is on his mind? Like just get me even a conference championship during my coaching career. As yeah, I mean, you would think so, like to get some sort of hardware, so that that kind of validation. He, those yeah. kind of football guys, like who are so wired about you know football, football, football. They, I just feel they need that sense of that sense of validation with with a championship or something like that. I, yeah, I don't know why you know he would be doing it anymore if it wasn't for you know to to win at the highest level. So I, I mean, certainly. But you're right. Like it hasn't happened, and, and the thing is, you look at it. He kind of takes low tier jobs at every conference. It's like what makes you think it's going to work out at the the arguably the most competitive conference in the SEC, yeah. taking that low tier you well, know job. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I certainly were, if if anyone could do it, it would be Mike Leach. But yeah, you know, not I was going to say in, in the Dan Mullen era, they were a nine or ten win team. But I, but also during that era, they never won the SEC championship. They haven't won yeah. the SEC championship since 1998. It looks like, according to <laughs> Wikipedia, yeah. which is crazy to think. So yeah, re- honestly, you know, it'll also be interesting to see how he interacts with the media uh, if things don't go his way against Alabama or Auburn. Like, what are his comments? Like, is it recruiting classes or? Yeah, I mean, I am. <laughs> I am very Stakes interested. Stakes are freaking high, man. <laughs> to see what happens on that front as well. I mean, I'm also curious to see, like, what his relationships with like the local media are like. You know, is like because 
there, I, I, I don't know who covers Mississippi State, who are their beat writers, but I would imagine in the SEC, these are more well-established guys who have been doing this for a long time, kind of veterans of the industry. And does he get, you know, do those guys, do they go after him? Do they kind of, are they timid to, you know, for fear of Leach going after them? I Like, it's very interesting to see how that will all play out. And mm-hmm. if that does cause like so much friction that like, cause like, you know, everyone's worst case scenario for Mike Leach is that he just kind of combusts under like the scrutiny of, of you know, kind of just like a PR nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's everyone's worst nightmare Social media, when it comes press to, conference. when it comes to Mike Leach. But like we've, he's never been in a market big enough where that could possibly happen. Now he's like, I mean, Starksville, like, it, it's, I don't know what, like, again, I don't know what the media presence is like there, but I'm sure it's much bigger than uh, Texas Tech and Washington State. So it just kind of raises the bar a little bit yeah. more for that pressure, for that, you know, PR nightmare. And who knows if it'll happen or not. Well, And I feel like the straights are semi-dire at Mississippi State right now in the sense that, like I don't know, the expectations are very high. So yeah. like the context for that is for the history of the school, they're a sub five hundred team, Mississippi yeah. State. But they just fired a guy who went eight and five and then six and seven, which is mm-hmm. historically speaking on par. But it wasn't living up to what they had in the Dan Mullen uh-huh. era, right? So they need Mike Leach to elevate them to that or at least that's what the expectation is if they're willing to fire joe moorhead and and then make this move right you would hope you would hope that like with how sec schedules like with sec scheduling that like mike leach can accomplish what he has basically accomplished for his entire career like eight nine win seasons just like the citadel yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly like consistently so like I, i don't doubt that he'll do that i just wonder how he'll compete against you know the best the best of the best you know that's really what i wonder so in the past 11 months uh three head coaches have left in state we got chris peterson leaving uw mike leach leaving wsu and ian shoemaker leaving central washington these are all the same thing yeah (laughs) right so which departure caught you off guard the most in the past 11 months i mean certainly chris peterson yeah i mean no question like Like, the reality of it is, like, you thought there was, like, a level of comfortability with Mike Leach because he was had had been at WCU for eight years. But the reality of it was he could have left at any moment. Like, it was just a matter of time. And we... Everything comes together. We saw that. Like, he got the Mississippi State job, and he was gone. He would have left at the Tennessee job, and we knew that. So, I mean, it was just a matter of time, and, and, you know... You didn't want to tell yourself that because you, like I said, you felt fami- you felt like a sense of comfort that he'd been there for so long that it was just like, and, and you hear the rumors all the time. But it was just a matter of time, and the, and the right gig came up. Still shocked yeah. a lot of people, though. <laughs> no, I mean I, I have to agree with Jackson. Well, see, I don't know that it did shock a lot of people. I mean, I yeah. think people were devastated, but weren't surprised. For I think sure. at least my reaction was, oh, like here it is, you know. Right, and it wasn't going to last forever. I think I was honestly surprised that it was 
so I, I mean the the response was so well tempered. I guess it was it was like uh like we kind of expected this, and I, I didn't expect that. Um, but it, it seemed like you know there was kind of this embrace for moving forward, which there should be. You know, I'm not saying there. That I'm surprised that that would that would happen, but uh, I, I maybe I was surprised that there wasn't a, a longer mourning period because. WSU well, was so attached videos, to, to more Mike quotes. Lee. More no, I don't think that. Out. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I mean, you got to, you know, you got to make a new hire. Like it kind of, based on how you have to do the things and when you're going to, you know, going to make the hire kind of dictates the energy. And, and you know, so there wasn't Timing, much time yeah, to mourn true. the loss of Mike Leach, but it didn't seem like people were, you know, knocked off their feet by the news. Uh, all right, so we got a new offensive coordinator at UW. His name's John Donovan, and he's not as unattractive of a hire as say a Kellen Moore would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, what do you think we'll see out of this now? Like, what do you think we'll see out of the UW offense with John Donovan now here? Um, he comes from Jacksonville, where he was, he was there for four years. Yeah, and then he was also previously at Penn State, um, mm-hmm. where yeah he was the offensive coordinator there at, for at a Vanderbilt couple of years as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. during the Bill O'Brien era. Um, yeah, you know, I think that John Donovan is, like you said, not necessarily a very sexy hire, uh, relatively underwhelming in terms of fanfare. And people, I think, look statistically at John Donovan and you see that his Vanderbilt offenses were like around 80th in the country and then his Penn State offenses were right around there as well. Um, but context, Vanderbilt uh, his three seasons there or his few seasons there were among the best in Vanderbilt history record wise. Right. And then Penn state was still kind of in the aftermath of recovering from a pretty big scandal um, in scholarship implications and all that sort of stuff. Nevertheless, John Donovan then goes on to the NFL, which I think was an attractive piece for Jimmy Lake. Uh, Jimmy makes a lot of references to like running his defense like an NFL style defense. Like he probably says it 15 times a year in interviews, <laughs> right? Like it's one of his favorite things to say. Um, he himself has NFL coaching experience and I think he admires obviously professional football. Jimmy Lake, that is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. obviously as being the most, I guess, pure brand of football, like the greatest on the planet. And he's trying to emulate the way that they run their program, like the way that the professionals run it. Organized so I think yeah. <laughs> th- that's one advantage of bringing in a guy like uh, John Donovan. He also, I think, personality-wise for his offense, very similar to the Huskies. Penn State is a team that uh, runs a pro-style offense. They run the ball a lot. They utilize multiple tight end sets, things like that. So, I mean, I think obviously... Jimmy Lake hinted at making changes on offense and becoming more aggressive. That must not mean in terms of their personnel groupings or base philosophy. I guess that, you know, this will just be more, whether it's in preparation or in a way, I guess play calling. I mean, obviously it'll be relatively similar, but it's just maybe going ahead and taking shots more often or being a little more creative, less predictable, all that sort of stuff. Easy words to say, difficult to achieve. Nevertheless, I think John Donovan 
is a guy who philosophically is very similar to what the Huskies have been on offense the past few years that has the NFL piece that Jimmy Lake is attracted to. Yeah, I think the NFL thing is the biggest part because, like, you think, okay, what did like what is Jimmy Lake looking for? Presumably, he is saying, okay, I want someone with NFL experience. I want someone with college experience, and somewhere in in the big stack of resumes that he got with those qualifications was John Donovan's name. And I think what's particularly difficult about being offensive coordinator is the you know how well your offense did a certain year uh you know with you know so many different variables that that get taken into account for how well an offense does or does not do and a guy like John Donovan will you say like oh well he didn't succeed here at, at Vanderbilt or you know he didn't do well at Penn State and it's it for me I feel like Sometimes there's something about the a right connection with coaching with a coaching staff, getting the right guys. Because at a certain point, like everyone is qual- like, if your name is in that stack for you know to be interviewed, you're probably qualified for that job. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like, let's just find the right fit with with the guys who are running the program, who who have the best chemistry, and let's run with that. And, and I feel like that's probably how a guy like John Donovan gets selected because you're like as we mentioned like there is not a lot of appeal like he doesn't have very many there's no real local ties or anything like that (laughs) you know there's not anything that makes you say oh thank god john donovan is here but you know maybe there is something and there probably was something that we didn't see that you know like you do see with the kellen moore that you know his relationship with with you know Jimmy Lake and, and Chris Peterson and all, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And then on top of that, it, it, he doesn't necessarily. I, I guess this kind of classifies as the same thing, but like a, a calling card, so to speak. You know, it, it's not like mm-hmm. oh yeah, John Donovan, the guy who did this. You know, yeah, it's right? just like oh, yeah. the forty five year old coach with a ton of experience at big programs and in the NFL. But it's, yeah. it's not like a moment in time that you know him for. In fact, he, no one listening to this podcast probably knew who he was. <laughs> no. Like, fact of the matter, <laughs> right? <laughs> or if you did, congrats. But I mean, I, the point is he's not a name. He was not a national name mm-hmm. by any means. It's hard to be when you're in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, well, know, exactly, right? And when you were with the Jaguars, you're not the OC. He was like the running back's but, coach, uh, the tight end's yeah. coach, the receiver's I coach. I also think in that sense, like there should that should say something about John Donovan because he doesn't have that calling card. So there Blue must color, have been yeah. something to tip Jimmy Lake for that that set that spoke to Jimmy Lake and said, this is the right guy. So there must have been something there that that doesn't really maybe yeah. stand out on paper. This is not really an educated take, but I'm curious if Jimmy has some, and this is not supposed to be a shot at John Donovan at all, but I wonder if Jimmy has some ideas of how he wants to run an offense and he wants to basically like he wants to do both. He you know what I mean? Puppet. And he, he brings in John Donovan, me, who's John. like Brian Schottenheimer or a- anyone that you can kind of, I guess, run your offense through rather that's running their offense with your approval. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think like you're, huh. you're probably, what is it? What does that actually look like? I mean, I think it's like just that that's, you know, having uh Jimmy Lake having influence in the offense is just like depending upon 
them having a good relationship, I think. I don't, you know, you're the head coach. I think you should feel obligated to have some say within the offense um, if you don't like how something is being done. So, you know, I, I think that's probably going to be natural. But you're right, like having a good relationship uh, between those two can definitely help, you know, Jimmy Lake's influence on, on you know, what he wants to have done. Yeah, that power dynamic is very real. And uh, and, and like, you, like you guys were saying, it's good to have context uh, for his career because y- you can't just define uh, the the caliber of a coach based off of, um, eight, like you said, being ranked 80th in the country. Because, uh, you know, the talent and um, what he got out of them, that's also important as well. So uh, John Donovan, he's gonna, it's going to be interesting to see, like, who he picks as his quarterback and like what yeah. factors go into that because uh, uh, that's how you get fired <laughs> picking for we're not picking yeah I think like that's there. also inter- like what is what kind of leash does does John Donovan have I mean expectations like because what is like the average lease lease or leash with an OC is two years like uh, an average is three because I feel like three years is like a head coach time span for a for a leash but i don't know maybe an oc is like two years depends on production i, I yeah well i mean yeah. look, look at bush hamden <laughs> and i know there was a regime change but uh-huh. his was exactly two years you know yeah yeah well yeah and that's that's tough because there was the regime change but hmm. yeah. i don't know i mean yeah i i think i mean they won't pull the plug year one especially oh for with sure a quarterback transition oh. right but then there will be another quarterback tra- – or actually, that's not true. Why am I saying that? It that's could not be. True. You never it know. Could there be. could I be. I mean, yeah. Sam like, in and like, okay, now we're going to play him now. Yeah. But, yeah. like, I think that one year, like, new head coach, new offense – or new offensive coordinator, quarterback, new quarterback, yeah, new starting running back, like – like new offensive line, new three leading receivers. Actually, Terrell Bynum, I guess, was the third this year. But nevertheless, a lot of change on offense. You lose your center in both tackles. Um, like th- this year, I think in the a positive. Obviously, that's a notch on his belt. Negative, a wash. And then the evaluation period starts in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the honeymoon period as uh, new coaches come in. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is uh, Garner Minshew. Uh, have you guys been following his adventures as of late? I have. I just saw he was getting off of a jet, like a fighter jet. Yes. Which looked badass. He's been doing a lot of cool things uh, these last couple of days. Uh, he's been hunting in Texas and then flew a plane in Nevada, like flew a fighter jet, you know, which I didn't know he was qualified for. It looks, I mean, I don't think he was actually flying it. He, he was just right. in there. <laughs> it looks like he is doing exactly kind of what we had talked about like he is just going around the country having a kick-ass time doing some promotional stuff making some money on the side for sure uh like do you really think that he's taking an rv to all these places i don't know he's going from maybe i would i would imagine nevada he is a pretty authentic guy i I don't don't think he would cheat you are you are you always doubt him i don't know why you do i there's something going on here man i'm trying to figure it you out. always doubt him and, and why would he not just not... take a linear route why is he going all over the country nevada wasn't even part of the plan that's the point of a road trip no it, the, the, you gotta hit the stops you gotta stop hey next town next town let's, let's see what's going on well next, next town. city maybe right you know yeah, so it's yeah. like not all I mean, cities the, are along the, the one highway yeah you know you gotta bounce and also he's gotta he's gotta optimize i was 
whether it's money or publicity yeah. i mean there's still i mean whether or not there are business opportunities to yeah be had, exactly you know yeah that doesn't follow a straight line no yeah but i do like the diversity of um activities because uh, hunting and airplanes i would never have th- associated those with micah garbage. you have to be the last like gardner Minshew skeptic in the world <laughs> I, I can't think of anyone else who is more like like trying to figure out what agenda he has because his production is good enough so to obviously having fun no agenda there but i don't know you know see how he performs next season all right what if um, something horrible does come out and micah's micah gets the last and, just laugh. spot, and he gets the last laugh then i mean or something like hey that. there you go then you get the last laugh. I just don't think that's going to happen. I, just, I had I had a feeling that there was something wrong with this guy because nobody's nobody's that perfect, you know. Just like the head coach, like this new head WC head coach. I'm just like, you know, nothing is just perfect in life. He's got there's something wrong with him. There's got to be some drawback because if he was that great, then why don't we like Michael Leach was expendable, you know, and and, and he he really wasn't. He, that really wasn't the way he was being treated. So. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, that does it for this week. Uh, we got all the news in Washington football. And you can keep up with us throughout the week on Twitter at Micah underscore Chen, at Luke Monger, and at Jackson M. Gardner. Jackson might have an announcement in the next few days, right, Jackson? Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> no, no fresh. Possible. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Jackson's got some things going on right now. And uh, you can send us an email, Chen at yahoo.com. And we'll be back next Tuesday, January 21st. So thank you guys for tuning in.